What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Vital Vita with me, Taylor Noriega. Uh, I'm joined again with Eric Sarseno, and today we have a special guest, my little sister, Morgan. Um, she is currently a public health major. She's finishing up um, this year. And we'll actually be going to grad school in the subject in the fall, which is really exciting. Uh, so not only has just education in general been really, really crazy during this pandemic, but for her to be studying public health during a pandemic, I think is even crazier. So I thought it would be really interesting to bring her on and ask her a few questions. So let's get into it. guys we're gonna go ahead and start off with the studies of the day like we usually do um, today I have two really interesting ones um, for my coffee lovers and my wine lovers um, and I also thought that this would be a good one to talk about because my sister is also a coffee and a wine lover herself so easy uh, hands down both of them yes exactly <laughs> exactly uh, so those are the two that we're gonna talk about today so the first one being a strong coffee half an hour before exercising increases fat burning so scientists from the department of physiology of the university of granada have shown that caffeine ingested half an hour before aerobic exercise significantly increases the rate of fat burning they also found that if the exercise is performed in the afternoon the effects of the caffeine are more marked in are more marked than in the morning which is crazy because that could mean that cortisol probably plays a role in that too Huh. So is it just caffeine in general or just something else in the coffee that adds to that? I think it's just caffeine. Okay. I don't think <laughs> no, I, no, because I was thinking, what, like, what? I don't know if, if that episode was one that didn't air, but remember we were talking about uh, pre-workouts and how some of them are, like, all caffeine. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. How some of them... Okay, so this is the thing. with. Let me just kind of give a quick rundown on, on pre-workouts. So caffeine is a vasoconstrictor, and what you want in a pre-workout is a vasodilator. Um, and so that's why, you know, some, some pre-workouts that are... Uh, some pre-workouts, I call them very well-marketed caffeine. You know, because it gives you that buzz and it yeah. makes you feel like you have a lot of energy. Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could. What if they asked me to, to? What if they asked to sponsor me, dude? I gotta. You know. One day. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know, caffeine gives you that energy and it gives you and it makes you feel like you have that pump. But um, the yeah the 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 non-stim um, pre-workouts are the ones that actually you know give you that that vasodilation that actually gives you the true pump and the true increase in performance um but what is it but for this study i'm thinking it was it was just the caffeine because they pretty much um all they all they focus on is you know subject like right here it says subject ingested three milligrams per kilogram of caffeine or a placebo at 8 a.m and 5 p.m um so so that, so that makes sense why celsius their advertising is for fat burning because their drink is pure caffeine so oh you drink that a half hour for exercise and there he goes there's your study and now you're burning more fat Boom, <laughs> <science>. <laughs> yeah you know what there yeah you go. You, you're, you're just, not wrong you just, now you got you're your sponsor back yeah. <laughs> yeah but there you go but, but you're you welcome celsius you can call me i'm available <laughs> but it was but it's a boa constrictor or something like that what'd you call it a, what I don't Vaso. Know. yeah a vasodilator or a vasoconstrictor okay. so <laughs> i was like there's a snake in, in my boot i don't know <laughs> No, that no. kind of got it. So, ba so basically, it's it's like your veins dilating or constricting, right? And yes. so, yeah. So that's 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 what a vasodilator or constrictor would be. Not okay. not a snake. <laughs> Same concept though. Yeah, like, yeah, similar. You know, you're you're on the right lines. Yeah. We make up science words on this show um, yeah. that will Mostly eventually me. be used in in practice someday. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, so this is really interesting. Um, Again, like, you know, it's, it's a very short study, like it's very surface level. So obviously there's more questions to be asked, more research to be done. Um, but my hunch is that, you know, the reason why they say that there's a difference between the morning and the afternoon effects, my hunch is the difference in cortisol because our cortisol ebbs and flows throughout the day. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I think that that probably has an impact. Um, yeah. I don't know I what you like guys think. I feel like that would make sense. That would it definitely, you, you think it's lower in the morning and higher in the afternoon? 
I'm trying to remember. I thought it was higher in the mornings. I concur. And lower in the right. Or would you would you know? Did have you studied that recently? No, I I not essentially what it looks like throughout the day, just in general population cortisol levels. You know, that public is health. That's true. That's true. And population <laughs> versus know. individual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then also just like think about population as a whole being super stressed out. Cortisol level cortisol levels are typically elevated anyways. Um, so that would actually be another interesting thing to look into in the subjects. It's like okay, were they stressed out? Were they calm? Was it a controlled environment? Were they just doing this at home? There's um, also different types of cortisol. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Go into that. So in one of my classes, we talked about it was a Chicanos in healthcare study, and it was just talking about how like obviously Chicanos are marginalized and don't have as best healthcare as everybody or as um, you know other members of society. And so we were just talking about different cortisol levels and a CEO who works round the clock at home overnight, like whatever, has really high cortisol levels. Fair enough. But also someone who has to work three jobs, doesn't have health care, has five kids at home that also needs to provide food for all of them and a spouse or and an aunt or a grandma, that kind of thing. Their cortisol levels are significantly more harmful to their body than the CEO. He's working maybe the same hours, but he does he has health care. He has a home to go home to. He has food. He has maids. He or she, sorry, he or she has, you know. Yeah, it could be a woman, Morgan. I'm sorry. (laughs) This person could have everything handed to them outside of work, but the people that don't have that and don't have healthcare and just don't have general like access or resources or health outside of their jobs, their three jobs that they work a day, their cortisol levels are significantly worse. So we, I forget what the um, theory was called, but it was basically just like you age significantly more because of that. And so it physically and physiologically ages you so much faster than the cortisol levels that a CEO would have. That's so, so I'm wondering if like the layers of stress matter. So for for the people at home that would, I mean, obviously everybody in this room knows, but like (laughs) what exactly is cortisol and like what, like why, why do we care about our levels of cortisol? It's basically stress. It's a stress hormone. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to totally, I'm not going to totally knock it. So cortisol kind of has a bad rap because yeah, elevated levels and, you know, constantly elevated levels and the bad cortisol that Morgan was just talking about, you know, that's obviously not good, but it still does play a significant role, especially when it comes to like when you're exercising, like your cortisol is elevated, right? It's a way for your body to be like, Hey, there's a stressor going on. Um, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like a certain level of cortisol is beneficial for your body and like i said you know your cortisol should ebb and flow throughout the day for hormonal reasons like there are reasons why it needs to like why your cortisol levels need to look like a roller coaster throughout the day um so like, like a I said, thing yes okay yeah that makes sense so it's yeah, there's not, definitely yeah. healthy cortisol but then there's unhealthy yeah. cortisol it's like you need you still need it but mm-hmm. if it's excessive or if it's due to actually like bad stress and yeah. that's when it's harmful and it can be you know reflective of your adrenal glands it can be affected or it can be reflective of your stress it can be so it can kind of be like uh basically your cortisol levels like if they're in place or if they're kind of wacky it's usually reflective of something's going on in your system you know interesting yeah and that's actually really cool just because you know the chicano study just because mm-hmm. i mean i'm not chicano but i grew up you know latino in, in mm-hmm. california which is you know just different country different country but yeah it's really that i never thought about it that way yeah mm-hmm. um I, mean, I, I hadn't either before that class and i just loved the comparison of like the ceo because those level people are really stressed out because they have so much you know on their mm-hmm. backs and so are people that are working all blue collar jobs and have three jobs and have multiple people at home they have to provide for and they don't you know it's like it was that I, I just love yeah. that comparison between those two but it's like that it's like that quote where it's like i'd rather cry in my ferrari than cry in a cardboard box you know, pretty much. That's, <laughs> so that's about it's kind of like comparison. Yeah. So it's like the stress level of a CEO. Yeah. It's like at least you live comfortably. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, your stress is your job, but you're comfortable. Whereas somebody, you know, who works three jobs, it's like every single day. It's like, OK, I have to put food on the table. I well, have to make sure my kids get to the doctor. I have I, to. Yeah, I just like, had that song, um, that country song that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy me a boat. <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm not trying to put out there that if you're wealthy, you can't have problems and you can't yeah, be sad. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying physiologically cortisol levels affect yeah. your body differently. You can yes. very much so have a bad day or be sad and cry if you need to. I'm not saying you're not allowed to be sad. I'm just saying cortisol yep. specific. That's the difference between the two. There's actually there's just your body produces different types of cortisol. CEO level level cortisol is almost on the healthy stress side. 
it's not that taxing on your body but the other end of it is like seriously unhealthy cortisol stress yeah. kind of thing yeah, so, yeah that makes just, sense just have to clarify that yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. but i'd still rather cry yeah. in a ferrari yeah. than you know everybody's problems are different but you're talking more from a scientific aspect of it mm-hmm. and that makes sense yeah everybody's yeah. allowed to have their problems and yeah you know just because my problems suck doesn't mean yours don't you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's, it's it's cool to look at it from like a scientific way and just kind of going by the numbers yeah and yeah. i love that i love that we dig a little bit deeper like i love that the science digs a little deeper it's not just surface level like oh you're stressed out you're stressed out it's like there are very different types of stress that that happen in people um because i think i did mention in one podcast that like you know in the body you know stress is stress like cortisol and and adrenaline get released like you know like let's say you're running late to um you know turning in an essay to a professor or something your body's going to release you know adrenaline like oh god i got to get this done but the thing is your body doesn't know that that's like school stress versus like life or death stress right so it's like in that sense you know your body doesn't really know the difference it just knows dude we're stressed and we need to survive we need to figure out what we got to do but in the long run it's like there still is that difference you know what i mean so initially yeah the reaction is the same um but i'm glad that you brought that up because now we can recognize that different cortisol you know there's different types of cortisol and there's there's harmful stuff and and yeah it does cause it does cause damage on the body and it mm-hmm. can cause people to physically age mm-hmm. um that's something that i hear a lot that happens to people during parenthood is that first year when you're not sleeping, you know, you're stressed out with the baby and everything like that. Yeah, you could use a little lotion, Taylor. I sure, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I knew, I knew what I was getting myself into because I remember I remember somebody had told me about that research where it's like that's typically where people age the most is, is when they first have kids, like when they're not sleeping. And, like, and <laughs> yeah. And so it's just kind of where I was like, okay, like, you know, what? it's fine because when I was pregnant, I looked 17. So I, you know, and we weren't engaged at the time, so I had no when ring. Pregnant. I mean, I still, still look seventeen. Still look like really? I oh man, I was hoping like okay, you know what? Like I'll age a little bit and then I'll finally look twenty one, maybe. You know, I still look seventeen. You still look really young, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's just because I've <laughs> seen you since you were young, so it's yeah. Like, yeah, you haven't yeah. really changed to me, but okay. Well, you know what? On the other hand, that's a good thing. I'm gonna love that when I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I think, I just really hated looking like a teen pregnancy, like when I was. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like I said, it's like I was in a solid relationship at the time, and like, but at first glance, I didn't have a ring on my finger. I was pregnant, and I looked like I was 17. So I would always get these interesting stares from people at the like the grocery store and stuff. But uh, anyways, huge tangent there. So yeah, let's go. Sorry. <laughs> so but no that's okay that's what this that's what this show is all about and i feel like at least our tangents like we get into some interesting topics so totally fine so let's go ahead and head into the second study which is uh dietary fats interact with grape tannins to influence wine taste so i thought that yeah (laughs) so i thought that this would be a good one to uh kind of bring up because uh morgan and i are what is what's the word wino connoisseurs wine connoisseurs no no because connoisseurs like it's connoisseurs and sommeliers like you have to go to school sommelier is definitely the big oh really yes okay so the the connoisseurs are just the wine snobs then okay that's us we're the connoisseurs enthusiasts wine enthusiasts let's say that (laughs) connoisseur is like a a fancy word for enthusiast okay yeah Yeah, sommelier is like an actual like profession yeah that's legit that's really really you have to be trained yeah for years no i know no i know because you know what i saw the i saw the documentary on netflix and i i remember um before i watched it i looked at nate and i was dead i like with like a dead serious face i said said i am going to be a wine sommelier like this is going to be my passion this is going to be my job this is going to be my career i watched the the i don't know if it's like a series or a movie or something 20 minutes in i was like "Mm, f this (laughs) that's it's hard it is not easy (laughs) it's insane i did not realize i thought it was just like hey like they know your stuff (laughs) but i was like okay it's like a whole science like you have to know everything about the grapes and yeah it's it's, it's super in-depth it's insane and then i got pregnant and then i was like well can't drink alcohol anyway so you know that dream kind of went out the window but anyways so we're still huge wine enthusiasts so this study basically talks about how um you know when people pair their wines with their foods because they want to enhance the flavor of their food so they're finding that um, it actually works the other way around the food actually helps enhance the flavor of the wine as well um and it says let's see so certain foods can influence flavors of wines and now researchers reporting uh, they oh they've explored how lipids, fatty molecules abundant in cheese, meats, vegetable oils, and other foods interact with grape tannins, making the undesirable flavors of the 
wait, masking the undesirable flavors of the wine compounds. So you could have like a cheap wine with your food, and if you have the right foods, the wine could taste absolutely delectable. Huh. Why are you making that face? Because <laughs> I'm just imagining like going to this really fancy restaurant and bringing this cheap bottle of wine and being like, no, 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 there's a science. Like it's no, going to no. taste better with your good food. Like, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's, I don't know. That's cool. I don't know. I'm not trying to doubt it i'm just yeah picturing that yeah, <laughs> Makes yeah. Sense. It's, it's for science good stuff it's for yeah. science so no, yeah. but that's that's definitely true that and i mean i don't know if it's i mean not the science is probably different but yeah that's something that you know it, it all has to do with like your taste buds and then just yeah food is science food is life like there's so much there's, there's so, so much, much science there's and so much chemistry, chemistry to food that yeah. people don't understand and this is something like especially like going into like like because you know my my past is and and you know, pastries and, and wanting to be a chocolatier and all that. That's always something that I never expected. But there's so much science, especially with like baking and it you just have to like know different ratios and this is kind of those those places where, you know, chefs think, Oh, I'm I'm never gonna need math, but like you do. Um it's the same thing. It's you, you gotta understand. Um like you know, like being a Somalia, you have to understand yeah. you know, what grapes were used, what uh extra ingredients were used in that wine. Even like the the barrels that they were they were you know yeah uh, uh aged in it makes, a, makes huge a difference, difference. It, it changes the flavor profile uh and that's why you know and then i'm sure if you use quality foods you know if you're using like the nicer gouda you know mm, i was gouda. just about to get yeah, into that there you go see look I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah it. I'm it. i was gonna say so um it mentioned the cheese meats and vegetable oils and we all know that i am not a fan of vegetable oils um uh, but if you look uh what is it uh further down in the article it says that olive oil had the greatest effect out of what is it the three oils that they used were rapeseed grapeseed or olive oil and rapeseed and grapeseed are the ones that i would absolutely not because seed oils and vegetable oils are just i say avoid them at all costs um and so i love that at the very end they said that olive oil had the greatest effect because the anti-inflammatory oils will always win always so i'm just really happy that it was proven in this in this study that olive oil was the best so next time i'm at your place am i just gonna like see you like taking shots of olive oil before you drink wine or Maybe I'm considering. That's another. You know what? That's another good YouTube idea for science. Look at that. Taking shots of olive oil and then drinking wine. And we still have to do that whoop that whoop experiment that we talked about. Remember where it was like uh, we talked about this on the sleep podcast where we said you know <laughs> like when you when you drink and black out you're actually not getting good sleep. When oh you, yeah. When yeah. you end up falling asleep, yeah. And I was like, I it's wanted like to like whoop. the whoop band, yeah. And then so we can test people's recoveries the next day. And we were gonna do it for science. Mm, Lauren has whoop band. I know she does. Yeah. Those things are expensive, though. So yeah, they are. If they want to <coughs> sponsor me, too, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay, so I thought that those two studies were super interesting. Again, everything always, you know, begs more questions. There's always more research to be done. Um, but I wanted to go over those because I figured it would. I mean, number one, it's interesting to everyone, especially for people who love their wine and who love their coffee. Um, but it also sparked some good conversation with my, with my little sister because I did not know about that cortisol stuff. That was pretty cool. So for the folks at home, and I'm going to make this as a kind of a challenge to Taylor because we were just getting on her about uh, being a little better about social media. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make her post those links on the Prevital Fitness Facebook page so you guys can go take a look at those studies yourself. Yeah. So that way you can read it and just be more informed and, you know, do yes. your own research. And, you know, next time you open a bottle of wine, just say... Uh, Eric Taylor Morgan said this was this was for science. So this was for there science. Go. <laughs> good stuff. Exactly. Okay. Good. Yes. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be better about social media. I will. I promise. I'm posting these. Um, so I'll post these to. Um, uh, Prevital is my is my training site is my training site page. Um, so you guys just gotta you know at Prevital Fitness. That's yeah. That's the whole. Yeah. That's the name. That's where you can find it. I'll link that in the description of the podcast so that way you can make it a little bit easier yeah thank you yeah <laughs> i got you okay so moving on into uh focusing on our guest of the day what's up morgan how you doing hey guys glad to be here thanks for having me on yeah okay so like i said you know um earlier you are a public health major right now and yes yeah so not only has just being in school during a pandemic been absolutely insane because you know it's just been a dumpster fire um you know studying public health during a pandemic has to have been insane too like how's that been <laughs> it's funny people ask me that all the time and it's kind okay, of i look back to my 
I don't know, freshman, sophomore year, and it's, well, you're in college, like, what's your major? And I'd say public health, they'd be like, oh, like, what's that? Like, what do you do? And it's like, that was just people, I don't know, it just wasn't front of mind back then, I guess. And now, whenever I say it, they're like, oh, nice timing, great job on that. Like, that's pretty good, good degree to have right now. Like, you're gonna have jobs lined up totally after you graduate and stuff. So it's just funny to see the difference in people's awareness of public health and stuff. But little do you know, it's like public health is, you encounter it every day, like, more than you know. So I have a question. Because again, you know, kind of for for the people at home that don't know, uh, what what does one do with a public health degree? Like, I mean, I, I understand obviously it now more than ever, mm-hmm. you know, the need for that. But like, what like what are your plans with that? Like, you know, I feel like is it a broad? Oh, it's or, so broad. You yeah. could do just about anything with it. You could work anywhere. Public health just needed at all times, anywhere, any like that kind of thing. I don't know. So it's. What's fun is that if you Google public health, like the U.S. is public health greatest achievements, I think the first two are vaccines and water sanitation. Like those are the two we're most most proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I don't really know exactly still what I want to do with it in the future just because it's almost more, I don't know, for for public public health majors that know exactly what they want to do and like know exactly where they want to work for more power to them but for me it's so broad and i just love it all that i just don't really have a acute you want to try everything before yeah. you specify because it sounds like your friends like they have very specified areas that they want to get is, that, is right. that right well yeah so it's like the the programs that i had an options to applying in grad school there's community health there's epi biostats which is like epidemiology biostatistics there's infectious disease and vaccinology there's nutrition there's honestly like you name it on it it's just it, there's so many community health population health medicine said that but um so yeah those are pretty much most of the options that i had applying to grad school so for berkeley i pl- applied to the public health nutrition program and then uh columbia i applied to the population and family health so i don't know just starting back to like beginning what um got my interest in it i started um, college wanting to be a pediatrician just because we grew up with an amazing one. She was so charismatic and outgoing, just like made the whole experience fun. And I've always just like been really good with kids and like loved working with like children. And so I was like, okay, like good combination. You know, I'm interested in science and I, you know, kids. So pediatrician, here we go. Started college and, you know, the biggest recommendation was like, oh yeah, like don't do like pre-med, do public health, you know, it's like that, that as much as like we hate that, that's, that's very much a thing. And so I was like, okay, like you don't declare or apply until after sophomore year. And so I was just taking all the like general classes everyone has to take and just learning more about, cause what you're 18 when you start college and who really knows what they want to do. And so I was just yeah. Andrew balancing this with with being a student with yes also athlete. being an athlete yeah, yeah. a more D1 athlete to people that know because I mean my degree is in criminal justice and I work in marketing so <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay <laughs> oh my god I never knew that either yeah, yeah. why do you think you Nate were, and I get along so well you were so so, so yeah. you started off playing soccer you were supposed to go to France to be a what what are the what it was called again oh Sweden to go to be a chocolatier yes to be a yeah. chocolatier. <laughs> And then you went to school for criminology. This yeah. dude, your life is like one giant zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the plan was to do the same thing Nate's doing, but then Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think my knee could take all that. So <laughs> I went to sales and marketing. Yeah. Well hey, dude, you ended up where you like Yeah. Yeah. I love what I do and I get to make TikToks for a living and <laughs> you know, cool. Um, no, but great. so I, I mean, yeah, like my wife's degree is it, her bachelor's degrees in kinesiology but that's also like a huge broad field now are you because i know for her there's like the option to go into like more of the research side like the like educational side like she could have you know if she really wanted to get her like another degree and, and become a teacher and you know teach the next generation of ot's pt's but she decided to go into more of like the like actually like practicing and, and become an occupational therapist is that the thing in public health like do you have like kind of that like fork in the road that you have to pick yeah, like you could either work for the government and advocate for policy changes or programs, or you could work for hospitals, or you could work for schools, or you could work for the state. Just there's you could pretty much do anything. I'm I think there is research part of it, but I'm not super into that. Yeah, that would make sense because for like epidemiology and biostats, and for um, the infectious disease and vaccinology. That would be a degrees. lot of research. That would be a lot of research, a lot of data, all that kind of stuff that I'm not super interested in. So <laughs> I can't talk a lot about that field. I'm in um, 
It's the weird. Happy, it's the weird kids that enjoy science labs. Those are the kids that need to be a research scientist someday. I'm, well, it's the weird kids that enjoy science labs in college. That's yes, the difference. Yes. I enjoyed it in high school and college. That's what steered me clear. I was like, this yeah. is not not for me. And yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just making fun. They're not weird kids. We need you guys. Obviously, I'm just making fun. But yeah, it's because you know usually labs are just like oh like okay I gotta like I gotta yeah. finish this lab like it's usually not the top of your list. But right. yeah, so your so for for grad school. It's public health for nutrition. So you're kind of specializing a little bit right there, right? a little bit. And then I'm also getting a certificate in maternal child and adolescent health. MCAH is what the specialty is called. So, yes, very fun. So, yeah, as you can tell, like, I love helping people and in particular adolescents. And so that's just what kind of directed me. So that's why I don't want to do IDV for short, infectious disease and vaccinology and that kind of stuff, because it's as much as we need that data and that research, I don't want to do that. I want to see the population and make the difference in the population for the kids that need the help or this, like, you know, that kind of, I don't know. That's, mm-hmm. that's why the, the cortisol example, that's just so reflective of my studies because it's like, Oh, well, why are those people aging differently? Why is this happening? And then you go into it and then you figure out physiologically or scientifically why that's actually happening and that's public health and we try to solve that issue and then see where that goes so yeah yeah okay and so then how has how has being a public health major kind of changed your perspective and and honestly changed maybe maybe the way you experienced this pandemic um and also you know have um have any of your teachers like have any of your classes kind of used the pandemic like as as like just topics of, of conversation in classes yeah. Um, I remember the actually probably a year ago today, last March, when I was still in class in person, my um, stats teacher pulled up this graph that like the X axis, I think, was level of contagiousness. And then the Y axis was like the deadliness of the disease. And it just had everything from the cold, common common flu, common cold to like SARS and MERS and like every other, I don't know, like probably Ebola was on there too. And then she had- Swine ha- flu. Sw- it was <laughs> swine flu, yes, right. And then um, she had, at that point last March, she had um, COVID right next to the flu. Because that's what we thought. I just, this moment is just so ingrained in my mind. We just genuinely thought that COVID and the flu were the same with level of contagion, level of deadly, like deadliness, all that kind of stuff. So there was that in the beginning. And then now one of um, my grad classes that I'm in currently is just pretty much everything about the FDA. Not like super exciting. It's just all the fine print, you know, all the little <laughs> steps that take to get there and that kind of stuff. And so we were just talking about the different um, tests for um, for COVID, like there's antigen tests, there's the PCR tests, there's you know all that kind of stuff. There's the anal test now. Oh, that's did no. you not hear about that? Might have, but I didn't put much thought. Into oh my! It. I think only China's doing it right now. The what? The anal test. You guys didn't hear about that? Did uh, some guy in like a back alley told you that? No, you know, anal this test was because... like on the internet. I think that they were doing it in China, thought, and like there it was a huge. It was a. I think I think people yeah. were like making fun of it because like because it was a thing. I don't think that it was a huge deal, and I'm sure not a lot of people opted for that. But I, it was like a huge thing that people were making fun of. I saw another one too that I don't know where this was. I think it was somewhere in Europe that they put you in like this box and you just yell and then they like kind of gather all the particles that come out of your mouth and then test that way but i don't really see how that's what? any more like just like they're just, they're just like cranking us out <laughs> i don't see how that's anywhere economical because it's like a little q-tip versus an entire box being built is a little different yeah. anyways know. anyway so so back on to what you were saying um yeah. <laughs> when you guys were going over like all the different um, yeah so it's like we just had some we like it's mostly guest speakers and they just come in and talk about because these are all people with phds and research and you know, so many years of experience under their belt. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, talking about the different tests and there's something called um, EUA, emergency use authorization that the FDA has not obviously used often, but it was used for the vaccine for the tests and everything that was um, released due to COVID and everything. Just, you know, it, it just means that the FDA did go through all the steps, did do everything that they had to do square one, square whatever. Um, but it just gets completely pushed to the front and just is an emergency use kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah. That was just pretty much my first and last experience with COVID talk in class. Yeah. That's so what's, pretty wild. what's something. So just being a public health major and just having um, a better understanding of, you know, 
of things like pandemics and how diseases spread and how it's really important to have public health officials and experts, um, you know, working every day to kind of help us find the problem, find the solution. What's one thing that you wish people knew that, you know, that you would have to be a public health major to understand, but like, what's something that you wish people knew? I, I don't know. I guess that the research happens and it's real and it's ever, it's going on 24 seven all the time. Like without you knowing about it, it might not be in the news, might not be mainstream media, might not be like let known, but the way it is let known is by the vaccine being released or by these mandates about, um, masks being like, you know, have to be worn or the airplanes not being able to have a middle seat, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, that is just what you see. But behind that is research and reason like there's a reason why they're telling you to do this it's for the public's health because the pub the public can't take care of its own health because not everyone's a doctor not everyone's like studies uh disease and whatever so it's like you not everyone can help themselves that's the whole point of public health is to do that studying for you let you know the information to protect you and protect others Mm -hmm. so just that the research is done for you so just listen to public health please okay now one thing that i want to i want to ask you and and more i mean i i like i already see this but like i feel like to add to your point something that people don't understand and, and it's been very evident throughout this pandemic is like I, and more just if you could validate this if you could say like if i'm full of crap or not um but research changes right oh, yeah. i feel like with, with something especially like with covid this is something that we're not like we're not we weren't ready for we're mm-hmm. not at least from somebody that's not you know in public health or somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about like we weren't fully prepared for this and i feel like we're kind of doing research on the fly and so like there's originally research and said like you know i think like masks help and then it was like masks don't but then they do and so uh you know that, that is that like uh, because of that because they're always doing research because you know things change mm-hmm. and right is that is that a thing or no yeah I- my professors um and like tell us that a lot that research changes and it's ever-changing and they learn something new every day but it's the hard thing about public health is the balance between science and reason and what the officials are seeing and having to handle a public like the public's frenzy like mm-hmm. no one in this past year is that they're mental state like their their prime mental state like this is everyone's going every which direction everyone's grasping onto something that's going to ground them and for the public health officials to not only have to you know be the research side they also have to be the other side and tell them okay wait okay let's wear a mask let's do xyz because it's going to help like you just you everything you do is like also to try to calm i mean especially i don't know about in normal time but like right now it's like everything is just so important to keep the public just calm because the last thing yeah. we need is a huge frenzy because that's just not going to help anyone's yeah. health. That's why in the very, very beginning, um, I had to just stop scrolling through Facebook because so this is something we talk about a lot on this podcast is that when when it comes to research, don't just read the title, read the article, read the actual research, you know, go into what the results and the conclusions were because titles of articles can be very, very uh, misleading. Um, and I had to stop scrolling through Facebook because it was just all of this like fear mongering, like every single like every single news network, any every single you know person who was just writing an article, it was all of this fear mongering. It was like so many people are dying, like the world is on fire, blah 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 blah. And I was like, oh my god, I'm getting so much anxiety. And so um, this website, ScienceDaily.com, that I that I look at for a lot of my research, I just I was like, I'm done. I so I stopped going to the internet for my news and I started going to science and I started literally only looking up the latest research to get my uh to get my information because it was just it was it was harming my mental state Mm -hmm. just looking at all of the articles and all of like these you know again all the newscasters and stuff who were just like it felt like we're just driving fear into everyone's brains and it's crazy how like like the mass like amount of like people out there like will will take take a like a headline and just like run with it like i what really so i i posted a tiktok like right when this started like in like april last year and it was just like a like a video of of a magazine i saw at the grocery store and it said coronavirus was it uh uh like a cure for coronavirus found and i just posted that and it got like two hundred thousand like views like immediately yeah (laughs) it was and i was like and people were like oh my god we're saved i'm like guys i don't i don't know if this is true or not like it was crazy how like 
people just gravitate towards that like just that yeah. quick grab they gravitate like i mean first and foremost it's like the fear-mongering stuff and i i even find myself like if i see an article where i'm like oh my god that looks terrifying i read it because i'm like you know i want to know like what else it says and that just makes my anxiety skyrocket even more right so there's something about it and then um like that magazine that you posted where it was like hey a cure was found so it's fear and comfort that people just like grab onto mm-hmm. and just it's it's kind of crazy yeah, so and i also feel like nowadays people have such a short attention span that i feel like like i didn't even go in there and like read the whole thing i just saw it posted you just the saw video the title. And, like, i was like oh i gotta check out like, i gotta go like i didn't stop i didn't like i didn't even buy it like i feel like like the smart person would be like oh my god there's a cure for i'm gonna buy this I, I so i can learn it. about it and like thinking back now a year later i'm like oh i'm an idiot like i should have at least like read the article hey well it got but, you a ton of views on tiktok yeah. so but yeah that was that was i thought that was funny that's insane so like now that i'm sitting here like listening to you and and listening morgan for the folks i always pointed i always forget that we're not on video because my other podcast is on video uh but sitting here it it just kind of gave me like a better appreciation for for what you do because i feel like like now like i'm kind of picturing it and you know talking about the research and it's it's kind of wild like what what people in public health do like you guys are like ridiculous because like i think about it like if like you know 50 years from now hopefully the coronavirus is gone um but people are going to look back and they're going to be able to kind of give more concrete studies of like okay this is what happened this is what worked this is what not what didn't but like in the moment like i feel like when you think about about a science experiment or like science research like you have a controlled environment but like how do you control the world? Like that, it just made me like you know what I mean. Like you guys are doing a science test without like it's like an, it's like a like it's like a basics. mass observational study. Yeah, yeah, on but, the move, just yeah. constantly. But like <laughs> just a moving target, you know, literally all the time, yeah. always. Literally, <laughs> and then people are screaming at you when you're wrong, and uh-huh. it's like I'm doing my best. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like if you like if you put a hundred people in like a, a small community and say okay wear masks, and then like ten days later you say oh well, you know it, it worked, but like. It doesn't work if it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, if not everybody yeah. is like, but like, I also, actually, I also feel like, so the mask mandate and then the whole stay at home thing kind of like, like happened around the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it, like, is it one? Is it the other? Was it both? Like that whole thing. Cause I, I know what you're talking about when it comes to the studies that are coming mm-hmm. out where it's like, Hey, the masks aren't actually doing anything. But there was also research that was saying that, uh, people who wore masks were more likely to contract COVID, but they don't know if it was because people who wore masks were more likely to go out and when you're going out, you're exposing yourself. So whereas, like, yeah. yeah. So whereas, oh like, God. there's, yeah. So there's the people who refuse to wear a mask. They can't go anywhere because they're not allowed inside, and so they just stay home all the time, away and out of exposure. So it's like, okay, like, it's like it's very, very hard to really pinpoint things and really get people to kind of like ground themselves and realize, like, hey, dude, like this mm-hmm. is serious because you know there's all this evidence that just points in so many different directions, yeah. and right. it, yeah. And then you get people in like, like bumfuck nowhere, Alabama, that are like, well, I don't wear a mask, but like, you know, <laughs> I, like, I drive around you? in my tractor, and there's like my neighbor is a mile away, and it's yeah. like, but we're not getting COVID, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. it's different. You so have like a population yeah. of fifteen, so yeah. I think there is some sort of control going on right now because I saw this, um, not like on per- not intentional. It's like a vacation spot oh. that is like, oh, if that's <laughs> like, oh, if if you like get tested before you have a little mini quarantine, get tested at the end of your quarantine, guaranteed your COVID free so they have this little like it's an it's on an island i think it's a beach or some sort where it's literal just it's a bubble and everyone can go around it mask free there's no existing covid cases there because i mean look at australia right now they're having mass music festivals like yeah but who goes to australia there's no the people know. that live there i don't know <laughs> no no no. i know but like there's like the incoming okay, outgoing no, no, traffic no. is what I'm, I'm just kidding i'm just joking around <laughs> but like what i'm saying is it's like well there it does work like wow like look at this little remote island that created a bubble for vacation and then look at australia and then you know it's like they're yeah. having mass music festivals and there's just no outbreaks it's like yeah because they haven't had and i think there was i have a friend that lives in australia and i think there's one positive case I don't remember, I don't know how geographically it works there, but in a certain area and they like shut everything down, domestic travel, no one could come in or out for a week or two and then gone. And then now they're perfectly back. Okay, so there's some places that are, that are doing something right. And I think I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, people were looking at Sweden and some other country because they were like out and about, like not wearing masks. Like there was something that they did in the very beginning that was like the right thing to do, I guess, because they were, they were out and free a lot earlier than everybody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, think, I, I don't. I don't. It was. it was. It was pretty long time ago. I didn't really look yeah, super far into it, but I just mm-hmm. remember it was just everyone was staring at them like they had a third eye. I swear, it was just everyone was looking at Sweden. Oh my god, yeah. there's mm-hmm. no mask. They're just yeah. living normal life. Like, what's that <laughs> like? Same thing with like New Zealand. Like New Zealand's COVID free. If I oh yeah. Correctly. Yeah. But you know again, but t- you know what's tiny. interesting about all these these places that we're talking about? They're all islands. Oh, I was gonna say they're all run by women, but. <laughs> That too. That too. That too. There we go. There's your answer, folks. (laughs) But no, but think about it. Like Australia is like its own little island. England and um or no, actually England was pretty bad, huh? Yeah, England was really bad. And then what is it? When you think about Sweden, there's just like that there's that whole body of water around it, right? I mean they're not like a complete island, but they are pretty surrounded by those Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Okay. I guess well, maybe yeah, it's easier just to control incoming outcoming travel. So yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't but, know. Yeah. But. So that's that's all pretty interesting, and it I feel like it gives you some really good insight. Um, because you know, like there's a lot of people out there who just are kind of like, what's going on? Like they don't truly understand the science. They don't truly understand public health. So it's a lot harder for those people to kind of like grasp, like what do I do? I'm so scared. Like what's going on? You know that like all that stuff. So so you <laughs> just being a public health major right now, I think is is really helpful, and it's it's good to just have that insight because i think it helps keep you a little more grounded because you Mm -hmm. understand things a little bit better um so yeah that's all that's all really awesome uh so let's go ahead and move into you know your your life as a as a student athlete um yeah i just graduated i'm done yeah done with that four years it's a good time could run crazy crazy it's pretty wild went by quickly but really it was fun yeah definitely that's awesome i mean what was your sport field hockey I mean, I knew that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so, okay. So because this is, you know, like a, a fitness and nutrition podcast, I wanted to go into that as well. Um, just because, um, you know, being a student athlete, it's like you're given workouts, you know, you're exercising regularly, you're on the field and playing and, um, you have people who are helping you with nutrition, um, but not you said you said you don't get individual help with nutrition no right? we do it's, oh you, you do you just okay. like you just request it uh, um but it's not like you it's not mandatory it's if gotcha. you if you want help then you can get okay. individual help yeah gotcha sure. okay so then how would you kind of say your experience was when it came to like the strength training so when it came to um you know the exercises outside of the game outside of field hockey what was that like so we pretty much so it's not like football like you're not gonna hear that or it's just you know I don't know twice a day lifting crazy stuff like we were just not on that level and that was not our goal for um our so we have um like the coaches for field hockey and then we have a strength and conditioning coach and then we have a trainer we have a nutritionist xyz whatever um and so essentially a normal fall schedule would look like um we'd have two games a week it would be like friday saturday or sorry friday sunday and then Saturday would just kind of be a walkthrough because they're trying to save everyone's legs, not to you know be too tired for the game on Sunday. And then on Monday, we would meet with our strength and conditioning person, and he would take us through a recovery lift. So it wouldn't be super taxing, crazy, anything. It was just not light either. I don't know. She just took it through, through a lift routine just um, in the weight room. And then we do also recovery run. So that would in total about be an, an hour-ish. Um, and then during spring, which is off season, we would have two days a week with him where we would run and lift a little bit harder. Um, but it was, I think he tailored it, tried to like tailor it to our sport. I don't know. And so I don't know, we'd work on, we wouldn't do a lot of arms cause we didn't really need arms, you know, I don't know. Really not for like hitting the ball. I mean, I guess, stick. but like for the most part, you're pretty reliant on your legs and your butt and everything. So yeah, I don't know. So he would just try to do that and we would just kind of follow what he would say every week, different runs every week. Our runs would start, he'd gradually start us back after Grace's breaks. We're supposed to have <laughs> run, but you know, he knows you're not, you know, yeah, he knows that we, we, we need the break. It's a good three weeks, you know, off after, especially after season. Um, and so we'd start off pretty light. And then by the end of the, um, spring semester, we would end pretty heavy on running and our, our, um, weights and lifting should be, should be higher, but some, some of us didn't prefer to go higher. I don't know. Lifting was kind of up to us, like what weight we were comfortable with. Cause it's, um, he didn't want any of us to get injured in the weight room. Yeah. Um, but running would definitely escalate every week. Now, was much. your program like Division One? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do one. Feel lucky. Yeah. That's crazy. And so then, um, so when it came to nutrition, 
how again like let's let's go into that experience as well what was that like especially being a student athlete you know because that's right yeah so uh with the nutritionist they tried to build a good relationship with us they would come to our practice every once in a while and talk to us and they just like kind of almost like lecture kind of thing and so they take us through like what our pre-game meal should look like what we should you know, during the game, like, okay, have like a little bit of Gatorade, just kind of replenish your electrolytes, X, Y, Z. And then after the game, have this like protein, have that kind of thing. And then, oh, if you get hungry at night, you should be eating. I honestly, I could have brought my Philaki notebook. I could have shown you (laughs) what the nutritionist nutritionist specifically told us, but it just kind of looked like that. Um, And that was more just to give us a general understanding of nutrition and then about what our, our body needed. And if we really wanted to, we could schedule an individual appointment with them and talk about them, our individual needs. Because um, at the beginning of every year, I think every fall, we would do a full body comp. Um, my freshman, sophomore year, it would be so extensive. It would tell us the like amount of fat and muscle we have in each limb. Oh, nice. It would be we like right, lar- right arm, left time. arm, that kind of thing. But I think just to be a little bit wary of people's because it can be it can exactly. be hard it can it can be yeah. rough on your mental health to see that mental health, thank you yeah. yeah so we they kind of reeled that back a little bit and just gave us kind of total compositions they didn't give us mm-hmm. each limb like your right leg is a yeah. little bit fatter than your left like yeah. it, they never told us to <laughs> yeah. work on it they just like and then the printout would also have our um like what like i, I if i still had the paper it would say like what my freshman fall looked like and what my spring you know it's like I could see where mm-hmm. my body was for mm-hmm. the last four or eight semesters you know which is pretty wild to see like the change and everything yeah um so that's hard coming in freshman year number one being an athlete eating you know the cafeteria food and then also yeah. having like games all the time and then there's I don't know that I don't know it's just and then also the transition is also difficult stress. there's educational stress educational stress the transition stress just everything so freshman year as athletes was pretty pretty rough but <laughs> being on a team definitely helps you get through it um because everyone else went through the same thing yeah but yeah um but yeah anyways nutrition wise and then my I think towards the end of college they started giving us uh, three snacks a day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This uh, normally we wouldn't like get a lot of free stuff, and then towards the end, it would all be always like the football guys would get all the free stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, because they, I don't know, they just they bring in the most. Yeah, money. they yeah. bring in the most money. <laughs> and so then towards the end, we started getting more stuff. It was like three snacks a day, and it was, I don't know, like either like crackers, a protein bar. There's cheese stick. There like a uh, string cheese. Sorry. Um, like what else? There's some fruit. There's some trail mix. I have a really important question for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I know, I know exactly <laughs> oh, no. what he's going to ask. Because you, you brought it up. Are you a pull the string cheese oh. or are you a bite right into the string cheese kind of person? Speaking from someone that has not had it and I could not tell you how long. <laughs> so if I gave you one right now, what would your first oh instinct be? Oh, my God. Be? I feel like it would be just offensive to bite it. You have Thank you. to peel it. That <laughs> is, Thank I you. Would be, you're looking at a dude who will literally pick up a block of cheddar cheese and bite into oh it. God. So, with the, so when cheese. it comes okay, to string, string cheese, cheese, I know, but my point is, is the fact that he has no respect for the string cheese. I don't got time for that. no respect. So you, you and my daughter have no respect for the string yeah. cheese your daughter doesn't have fine muscle skills yet <laughs> dude yes she does have you seen her anyways <laughs> um yeah, just... no you have no respect for the string cheese <laughs> i gotta ask you know she brought it up we're gonna i'm gonna put a vote put up. a poll yeah, yeah i'm gonna put a poll uh-huh. up pretty soon so once once this episode airs i'm gonna put a poll up and we're gonna see there you we're go. gonna see who who wins this argument but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, and then from then on, we just got one lunch a day, and then that was it. But then for pregame, like we get like pregame meals, and if it's in the morning, it'll be like oh, like sausage and eggs and that kind of stuff. I don't know. So you guys are given a lot of food throughout oh, the day, definitely. Like fall, I rarely ever cook, especially by how much we travel. Uh-huh. And when we travel, we have to be fed breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like during season, you but you oh my gosh you your grocery money your grocery bill is so small <laughs> but it's during spring during off season it's it's you kind of cook everything yourself besides yeah. lunch do you feel like you have to supplement anything so does it feel like you know out of I mean, the, it's great that you know they have a nutritionist and they're and they're giving you guys um you know specific types of snacks for probably catered to performance and and everything like that do you feel like you know when you come home at the end of the day and it's like let's say like it's on you to make dinner and like all that kind of stuff is there anything that you feel like you were missing that you felt like you had to supplement with other meals it would probably depend on the day so it's like if you chose your lunch that day to be 
just a big bowl of overnight oats. Like you should probably have some chicken for dinner to get some protein in or veggies, <laughs> maybe. Vegetables, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it just depends on the day, like what you order. It's like kind okay. of almost on you a little bit. There's just give you a menu, like if like a five oh, meals. So you a order week. off of a menu. You they order. Don't, they don't choose what no. you get for breakfast. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. you choose what you choose. Your snacks. You choose your lunch. Like what you want. It could be. Because I don't know, it's like if there's stuff in there you're allergic to, like you can't really be super picky. You can't be like, um, no onion and no cheese, and put this dressing on the side, please. Like they don't baby us that much, <laughs> but um, probably so that's, baby those dang football players, oh, probably. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, you were the other kind of football. Calm down. I, I played both. I just oh really? Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. okay. He plays yeah. he plays football, not yeah. football. I played so. football in, co- in high school and college. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> I wouldn't make it. No, collegiate athletes are like a whole like it, it's crazy, like the level of care that these colleges like you guys are like an investment for colleges. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Which is cool. Now, did you, I know you guys said that you did you did like like body comps and stuff, but mm-hmm. like did you guys ever do like like heart rate monitors on like game days, anything like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. So on ga- even during practice, we would have um, it looks like a sports bra, pretty much. Yeah, I've worn those. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> the bibs. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you wear that, and then on the back you have the GPS, and then we had to do an extra little strap around here, and it would be mm-hmm. a heart rate. And around, so around where they can't see. Oh, you. Sorry, around <laughs> just like pretty much under where your sports bra would be, yeah. just like around like your lower chest area, um, and then at the end. Like, and then the coaches would send us our data. And so before I was there, I remember the girls telling me, like, the coaches would kind of, like, announce, like, at practice, like, who had the most meters run. And then that would make them, like, when it was cleanup time for balls, like, people would go sprinting across the field for balls to try to get the most <laughs> meters. Um, so they were like, okay, we need to cut that out. Like, you guys don't need to compete for this. It's stupid. But... Um, I feel like it's friendly competition. Yeah, uh, there's no yeah. friendly competition in D1. Oh, yeah, yikes! <laughs> really? No. Yeah, you get like Ooh. some people get competitive. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now. Those take okay. a lot of you. I, I, I was a NARP. Um, what were you saying? The what? A NARP. a NARP. Okay, I've seen. I've heard two different two different words. It's ninety percent NARP. Like really? Uh, oh, nobody did that other thing that you know what no, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no one. Okay. I mean, well, maybe I, some I, schools, but it's a NARP. So non-athletic <laughs> regular person. But I'm athletic oh. though. Like that's what I. First off, I hated that because NARP sounds like a disease, and I was like, <laughs> I don't like that. And you two, like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> and number two, like, I'm athletic. I'm athletic without a coach. Like, so excuse me. So there's something oh called an God. honorary NARP, which means. You're not like quite a NARP. You're like, oh, like, like I feel like. Yeah, but I didn't. I never hung out with athletes when I was in college. Like I had other friends. Okay. Then they was... probably just viewed you as an NARP. Like that's just that's just how it is. You, you just know, have to deal with it. <laughs> I freaking hate it. The first time I heard that, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, what? yeah. Well, so... it's just like it's not an offensive term for us. It's more like because we've had friends. Like all of my roommates and I've all had like, friends. You're just visit. not in well, athletics. I feel like if someone basically. came up and called me a NARP, I feel like it's... I would swing. <laughs> I was gonna like, say I wanted to punch someone. <laughs> like, no, it's I felt not, personally like, attacked. Like, <laughs> it's not like a direct attack. It's not an offensive thing. It's like, oh, like I just hung out with like Taylor last weekend. Who's that? Oh no, it's fine. She's an ARP. Like, like what? <laughs> but no, yeah, but otherwise, that makes me sound like a nobody. Otherwise, it would I feel be like, like I want to wash my hands. I'm like, you know, I hang out. I hang out with an ARP. Hold on. No, yeah, that's how it goes. Pretty much. Oh <laughs> my god. No, but like otherwise, it's like, oh, like I hung out with like Eric last weekend. Be like, who's that? Like, oh, he's on the soccer team. Like, oh, nice. It's supposed to be like that. I, oh it's just like an identifying no, but, factor. It's like, oh, like she's all those all she's those feelings are coming know. back from when I was first called. No, it's so true. Though, like, but you're like in college, you're like classified by like. Like, like it's, what it's, you it's, do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, sh- like, what sorority are you in? Like, same thing. Like, yeah. there's, there's a word for non-Greek people too. I forget what it is. It's really, it's even weirder uh, than ARP to be completely honest. Really? Yeah. I don't. I've never least, heard it. At least Calder is, but it's again, it's not offensive. It's just like, it's like you're in a, gr- a category of oh, people. It, it's something know? about like, <laughs> like non-philant, Never mind. I think I it's, it sounds like geek a little bit, but I don't oh, know really? exactly. Remember what it is, yeah. but it's like. I don't remember something else. I wouldn't know. Yeah, whatever. So the other the other word that we heard was was muggle. Um, that was something that our hey, older that's sister. our word. You can't use that. What? I'm a Potterhead. Sorry. Oh really? <laughs> no. <laughs> so okay. So our older sister also played D1 field hockey. In the school that she was at, apparently they called non-athletic. They called non-athletes muggles. Did you? Yeah. Did she tell you about that? Yeah. I feel like they're just okay. nerds and trying to like. They're just trying yeah. to. They're just trying to feel special. That's yeah. yeah. No, I, I think at her school, or maybe just it was her team. I don't really know. But I've. I've yeah, I remember I've her saying that, that because that's why when I when I uh, got to school and somebody called me that, I was like, 
what i literally was like i had to double take like i was so offended and i was so disgusted i was like wait by what muggle is or that? by narp, by NARP. Okay. i was i was thrown off i thought it was muggle and like but i also never like thought about it again because nobody because I, I went to two different colleges like i started off at university of arizona my freshman year and then transferred to Loyola marymount university by sophomore year so freshman year nobody there wasn't really a name for that nobody really talked about that um even my athletic friends like no one talked about that and then at lmu i was like so thrown off guard i was like uh i was like blinking white guy that meme <laughs> also like, to your sister's team uh we're in america it's a nomad we don't use the term muggle here oh no so, <laughs> uh, yeah sorry i just want to make sure I'm, I'm a incorrect big oh my god yeah if you're gonna use the terminology <laughs> use the right one so I'm just saying. Sorry, no, no, but it's oh no, you know what? You're right because that's the American terminology. Yeah. In muggle in England, in it's Muggle, and in the oh, it's no match. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. See, I've only seen. I saw. I saw Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts years ago so that's why i wasn't up on the I lingo oh i literally just started rereading all the series oh, really? anyways <laughs> going back to collegiate athletes being like a, a whole because i remember uh you know in in high school when i was like invited to camps and stuff like they they had us kind of go through like the whole thing like we stayed in the dorms um and at uh like for example like at santa clara university they literally had a, a fingerprint scanner which would take a reading of your stress levels like and the coach could tell if you could like if you slept well, like you you go if you didn't sleep well, you pretty much have to answer the coach and like, like like what's going on? Like are you good? Like do wow. we need to? It was also kind of like a do we need to go easier on you today? Like we have you, that, yeah. but like less sciency. We have to fill out a log every, every every time we wake when we wake up wake up in the morning. We have to see how many hours of sleep we got, how we're feeling, how fatigued we are. If we're sore, we have to click that part in the body where it is. Like it's this whole like six questionnaire. And then if our coach sees like oh I got like four and a half hours of sleep last night, it's like okay you're going home. You're not practicing today, mm -hmm. kind of oh, thing. Wow. It's like yeah. They, uh, yeah there's that part too i forgot about that but that's yeah. crazy it's off a of fingerprint yeah. that's also because they're d1 but no football team so they have like a five million <laughs> and it's dollar, private too yeah five million dollar like facility just for the soccer team which is yeah. crazy like that was like one of like the best experience i've ever had in my life that's insane that's really cool but that's so cool i mean i just that's why you know for the longest time i wanted to go into exercise physiology and i wanted to just work with athletes because not just i mean not just i like i like to exercise and i like i love to do my own thing um but when it came to just like observing people and just like observing their biostats, their biofeedback to like, you know, how did your body react to this, to this workout? Like, you know, where are you sore? How did you sleep? Like that mm -hmm. all, that's all recovery, right? And so right. it's, it, all that stuff just fascinates me. And at LMU, we had this big DEXA machine and like, I, we, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but basically... A DEXA machine is this body composition scanner that's like this huge x-ray and you lay down in it and then it pretty much like it looks like it cuts your body in half and you can see like fat mass muscle mass bone tissue and it can measure your bone density like it like your your water weight it's very very specific it's you know a gold standard when it comes to uh composition um, and we had one at LMU and I was super mad because I had just missed the cutoff, but they were doing research on kids and the effects of alcohol on bone density. And it was like athletes, non-athletes, like everybody. And you NARPs. would basically, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> athletes and NARPs, whatever. Um, and they, I don't remember like how, like if you got scanned a couple of times a year or if you just got scanned once per year, but um, there is evidence that suggests that uh, alcohol decreases your bone density and it actually, you know, like uh. it, it increases your risk for osteoporosis among a lot of other diseases that alcohol can, can increase risk for. Um, and so they wanted to study the students to see, because they know that, you know, in college, like you drink a lot and right. so they wanted to see like on these young people in their 20s like you know maybe like eight, 18 19 year olds too um like what the what the effects were over the four years hmm. you know and so i was i was so upset i really wanted to be a part of that study but at the time i think i was a sophomore already and they were only taking freshmen because they wanted them to do it all hmm. four years interesting yeah i mean being that young like how drastic of a change could you see because your body is just so malleable at that point it's like i feel like your bones could just like yeah. i don't heal i don't know i'm not gonna wear not heal but like <laughs> well, you know not I mean, be as quite also, as affected yeah well it also depends on like a you know so calcium and magnesium and like there's yeah. a lot of nutrients that play a huge role in your bone density and like in your bone strength um but also you know there's you know there's studies that show that weight training helps increase bone density right. you know it makes your bones stronger and everything like that so look at the athletes versus the the narbs and um, <laughs> anyways um you know if you look at if you kind of look at those two groups it's like you might see 
see more bone, like you might see more like or less bone density by the end of the four years in those people who don't weight train versus the people who do. Mm. But still at the end of the day, it's like if you're consuming all that alcohol, like you're going to, you're going to have a negative impact. Right. And just as it is, athletes consume significantly less alcohol, not because we're not allowed to, but just we just can't. Like, like you, you just you don't to, have time. You get yeah. to go like foot like football players, for example. It's like there's all these parties around football, like dangers, like this, XYZ is like you party because football, but like what are they doing? Oh, they're in the middle of a game. It's like they're just not drinking they're, because yeah. they're you know, so it's like number one, they're weight they're training, the also performing. they're not drinking. So it's like they're already, you know, way ahead. It's like they already just like have the, you know, that that's is a drastic drastic difference between NARPs and athletes <laughs> is number one, the nut level of drinking and the weight training, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even intentional. That's like a a control and a, you know, case at that point too. It's like, that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, I think I don't really remember how the study was going to be conducted, but I think you like, you know, you had to kind of put down like, Hey, like how many drinks per week or how, Mm -hmm. like how often did you drink this week? And you know, the, obviously the more, the more honest that you are during the studies, the more helpful that it is. Right. Um, I'd have to, I have to, you know, I got to go on LMU's website and see if I can find if they, finish the research or if it's like ongoing right now um because i want to see i would assume there's some data if it yeah. was when yeah. you were in school yeah uh, yeah exactly so i'll have to i'll have to try to look that up and I'll, I'll bring it in but it was it was really it was really interesting mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah it's cool yeah you bring up a really good point though so about like athletes just kind of having that leg up and because they're they're at their games and, and just i feel like as an athlete like you like maybe like after games like you'll go and like party, well, yeah but like not like during the week like i whenever i was in season like my body was like clean which is like the only time that you know i mean it's I like why drank, why exhaust yourself with with drinking yeah exactly games? it's yeah, like I it just makes you feel worse so why do, do that? that yeah so yeah. you hear that mom i wasn't drinking in school <laughs> i was too busy at my game <laughs> was, she, was she suspicious of that when you were in college 100 oh, percent. yeah 100 percent. my mom always checked me when i came home and i was like oh I don't drink. I didn't do it. No. Yeah. But yeah. It's cause it's like, you're, you're just a constant competition with your own team. You're trying to get playing time. You're trying to get that starting position. Yeah. You're trying to get off the bench. So yeah, you're not going to be drinking before I mean, practice I before a game. Bench, so <laughs> okay. as a starter, you know, whatever. No, but you're right though. Like that one, that one day that yeah. you show up and, and you're like hung over and the coach can, see, the coach can see the coach can sniff out everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. They like know you're on the bench. Like, yeah, they got no compassion. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, just like you, I don't know, I feel like your experience at U of A, it's like you were just like, especially freshman year, everyone just wants to drink all the time. Yeah. So it's just, there's the NARPs that are just like, Oh, there's taco Tuesday night. Oh, there's like Thursday, Thursday, there's this, there's this. Margarita there's this. Mills. And yeah. And, stuff. and then there's like, Oh, it's a nice day out on Saturday. Let's stage that kind of thing. It's yeah. like, we just didn't have we couldn't do that you know we had oh our coach like oh there was a game day at our coach but our practice like 3 p.m it's like i wonder why you know it's like we can't we can't talk we have a 10 a.m practice thing and drink after it's like but dead middle of the day can't like really you know and then by the time yeah. everyone's done drinking from a football game no one wants to go out again oh at least berkeley isn't that big of a party school so we just nobody really rebounded that well at night so it's like we would just be done with our game and then no one would want to go out <laughs> so yeah so it's like it's not even intentional i mean it's it's yeah. intentional but also it's not and yeah the level of drinking different in the long run it, it benefits you guys and you know there's, oh, yeah. there's research that shows that um you know drinking let's say like after a workout or like after a big game it inhibits your recovery it, it inhibits you know muscle uh, <laughs> that's muscle all athletes do that's when we can drink is after a big win or like after <laughs> you know, know. <laughs> but yeah but it, there's just yeah there's a lot of like research that shows that it's like it inhibits it's like muscle growth and it also inhibits fat loss and all that all that stuff so it's like i'm sure you know your coach it was it's like it's probably annoying when your coach scheduled it for certain times where you're like oh we're gonna miss this thing right. or like we're not gonna get to party but at least it like it sucks but it benefits you guys yeah in the long run because our coaches know they're dealing with college kids who don't have the best decision making yeah, so they have to do the, themselves they have yeah, to you know they have to step in a little yeah, bit exactly yeah. as much as we hate it in the moment looking back I'm like yeah fine okay yeah. that's like <laughs> that was for a reason and like she, like our coach has been doing this for i don't even know how many years like more years that i've been playing so they they know and they've been seeing yeah. 
every year of college kids they know how to deal with us so yeah <laughs> oh fine. my gosh that's so crazy well all of this has been super super interesting you know thank you so much for coming on um just again getting your insight on public health during this crazy time that we're going through mm-hmm. um and then also just getting your insight as a student athlete because that was something that i i never experienced um so you know to be able to to talk to you about it was is really cool i i got to hear bits and pieces you know <laughs> over the years home and things like that yeah but to really like sit down and, and just kind of like digest it is is pretty cool so yeah. thank you so much for that thanks for having me yeah. it was a good time uh-huh. Um, so last but not least, uh, Eric, I owe you an apology because the last couple of podcasts, I have completely skipped over your recipe of the week. It's okay. I haven't. Well, to be fair, since you skipped it the first time, I didn't really work on it. So um, <laughs> oh, no. but this week, no, this week I didn't want to put out a recipe. Um, I kind of wanted to put out a challenge because I want to have people kind of more interact more with, well, not only like, you know, the podcast and listen to it, but I want to have people kind of just like. You know, post your face. I want to have people just spam you, but I want to have people. Yeah, I want to put out a challenge um, for people to kind of go out of their comfort zone this week, and that was that was kind of where I was going to go with it. So it, it's not that I didn't have a recipe this week; I just haven't. Been, but, <laughs> but no, this week I want to okay. challenge people. So I want you to take your recipes that you like, your go-to recipes, because everybody has that. Yeah. Everybody has that one meal that you can whip up, whether it's you know, That's like if super you're like easy, me, it's delicious. You love yeah. it. You can never. It never grows old. Yeah, like with me, like I'm I'm a big ramen guy. Like I love my ramen because it's easy, it's cheap, and it's but like those the. The packets in there have so much sodium <laughs> and they're so bad for you. But like I've gone and like looked up like, you know, on, on like YouTube, like what what can I do to make my ramen better? And like now, like now I don't really use the packets anymore. I just use the, like the the noodles. Hey, look and at the that. Cheap ones and like I'll, you know, put my own like seasonings in there. Um, but I want to have people do that. Like I want I want you to post your favorite recipe, but I want you to switch it up. I want you to either try more ingredients like go into your spice rack and look at the ingredients that you haven't opened in you know a month or two or whatever when the, whenever the last time is and see how you can incorporate that into your into your recipe so i'm actually really interested um and if i find one that i like i'll try it out and see see if it you know maybe we'll we'll highlight it next week maybe. yeah i like it yeah. i like it yeah, all right guys action. yeah well go ahead i want you guys to post it and tag me um you can i would say definitely tag me on my main um my main coaching account which is at taylor underscore noriega underscore yeah. and then where can they find you on the socials eric uh official black turtle on instagram all right and then how about you morgan at morgan peterson morgan with two n's all right. And then if you guys follow her, you can continue to follow her journey in public health. Um, so, yeah, again, post the pictures, tag me in it. Um, we'll repost. We'll talk about it. And post your recipe. Spam me. I'd love to see it. Um, and then check out the Facebook page for all of the links of the studies of the day. Thank you guys so much for listening. And that was the Vital Vita. 